gotten slick. Do you like that? You've gotten too slick. I feel real deprived. I missed all of your growth. Usually, I put that little uh, little intro in after the fact. No, no, we're just jumping right in the full podcasting radio experience. It's so much fun to hear the song Isn't because such... now I I'm talking and it feels like I'm listening to myself back <laughs> already. <laughs> As I talk for the first time. <laughs> Isn't it just so good? First of oh, all, I'm excited. My friend, it is very nice to have you back. Cheers. I, I got to tell you, me moving out of Santa Rosa has really impeded our, our, our po- you know, in-person live podcast. I don't think that made any sense, what I just said, but it that's would, okay. It would be just as good for the podcast and just as good to listen to if we did this remotely. But we never do because it's very inconvenient. And also, I think most of the point of of the experience is so we can look at each other. And if we're not looking, you know, Skype doesn't cut it. FaceTime doesn't work either. You got to be in the same room with Kyle Serlo. It's just you'll all understand what I'm talking about. I need the real deal. That's why I have you here. Unbelievable. This is is fantastic. So much fun. Uh, Well, my dude, it's uh, it's been what? Maybe a couple of months since we did a podcast together. At least. So we have got a plethora of uh of things to catch up on it has been the golf off season correct so that's why we were gone not entirely though well i'm gonna go just i got to address the elephant in the room so for many of those for those of you listening who are passionate uh you know devout fans of the podcast you no doubt already know that i am a massive fan of the abandoned dunes experience and that in all of our episodes together, you know, I sit down here and I talk to Casey about Bannon Dunes and how awesome it is. And he is such a good sport. He nods his head. He pretends to be interested in all my stories where he's probably secretly just sitting there in bitter agony, upset at the fact that he hasn't been able to make it up there. That is no longer the case. My co-host and one of my best golfing buddies in the entire world finally had an opportunity to visit Bandon Dunes Golf Resort. And I know the rest I, of the podcasting world is anxious, maybe none more so than myself. Give me all the thoughts, my friend. All of them. Well, first, <laughs> that was some intro. I, I only played one round of 18 up there. Which I was is there for two days. I, I did the best I could. I'm giving you five seconds to answer before I jump in and cut you off again. That's actually great news for me because I'm assuming that you got just a little taste and now you're going to be itching to go back and actually play them all. But go ahead, continue. That's that's very true. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It did feel like I played Old McDonald. It's one of the newest and northernmost of the Bandon golf courses. Mm-hmm. Uh, half on the ocean, half not, sure. but all kind of in that little stretch of dunes there. I never putted so badly in my entire life as I did on the front nine of that golf course. Uh, really, really fun, awesome golf course. Reminded me of like an easier version of Royal County Down a little bit. Uh, it was awesome. Yeah. There, there's really no other word for it. The, the next day I got to play the Preserve, mm-hmm. which I couldn't recommend highly enough. Oh, my gosh to everybody it is a fun as hell par three course that's 13 holes long wonderful views really not a pushover but short Mm -hmm. and 
totally fun, real ace opportunity. Everybody needs to play the preserve. Uh, anyway, we got to go up. It's it's urgent. Uh, it was everything I expected it to be. A really kind of uncrowded. That, pre- the winter time up there is so great because it, it is just a little less crowded. You almost, despite the resort almost always being full, you kind of feel like you have the place to yourself when you're there in the winter time. There was tons of space. There was like hardly anybody around. It was great. And that that preserve. Now this is a question that me and my buddies always ask one another after we finish playing out there. Of the thirteen par threes on the preserve, how many of them do you think would stand out as the absolute best hole on the you know for all the courses in the United States? If in any one of those par threes were there, it would be the best golf course on best golf hole on that course. At what percentage of courses in the in the states? There's at least six holes on that thirteen hole course that are incredibly cool. <laughs> yeah, right. They're all fun, like world world class par threes. How about the one down the hill oh. with the ravine or the drop off on the left and the tee box down there? Oh. And the, I mean, it's amazing. And they're just really interesting looks and angles you're hitting into these greens that you just don't get at a lot of golf courses either. It's a ton of fun. Oh. And you're sniffing a hole in one every single time. It's great. I came close once. Uh, had four birdies out there, which is pretty good for me. The, the holes are very short, but nevertheless, a uh, ton of fun. It's good to take uh, your non-golfer friends. If you go on a band trip that isn't, you know, just with the guys or with the golfers and you, you go with your spouse or your mom or something like that, they can walk that little course and it doesn't, you know, bum them out the way a real round of golf yeah. would. <laughs> it's not depressing like golf really is. Unlike, ex- with the exception of maybe just a couple of holes out there, in theory, you could putt from the tee and be okay. I think I did that on a couple of holes. Uh, I mean, was... d- did you putt off the tee on 13? Yes, I did. Okay, good. Yeah. Did you manage uh, to get it on the dance floor? Well, no, I just did that with <laughs> practice practice ball. I should have done that. No, ton of fun. Got to go back. Got great weather, the whole deal. My father was born in Bandon That's in right. 1938. We tried to scope out the house and stuff, and it was you know, very difficult due to the passage of time. Sure. <laughs> But uh, a <laughs> ton, ton of fun. Had a little beach house with the hot tub. Oh, that's Had fantastic. that scene going on. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Now, it was very high life-ish. A question about uh, Old McDonald for you. Personally, the first the first time I played Old McDonald, I probably actually had it as my my least favorite of the four golf courses. And I've, I have no frame of reference. Every time I go up there, I love that course more and more to the point where I'd feel pretty comfortable saying, just at least in my own personal preferences, it might be my second favorite golf course at that resort right now. Well, yeah. I mean, I've got no frame of reference, which is heartbreaking. Bandon really is close enough for people north of San Francisco to go to on a weekend. If you can get a half day off work, you can make it definitely work for you. Uh, Even San San Francisco would be like a nine-hour drive, Mm -hmm. which is tough, but... You know, you take, doable. take half a Friday off, go up there, play Saturday and Sunday, mob it back. You know, you're still young, whoever is listening to this podcast. Only the, the hip and vibrant young are allowed to listen to the podcast. <laughs> so if you're listening to this, be assured that you can pull off the driving. How, how many of your front nine putting struggles were due to Ooh. the Ooh. complexity and Whoa. sheer size of the greens it versus... Was the, it was the size okay. of the greens. I just did not have the speed. They were <laughs> so much faster on the course than they were on the practice green. For sure. So I just completely failed to adjust for the longest time. E- even playing the other courses at the resort, 
it is crazy just how much bigger. Not just I'm talking about the greens, just everything. This just the scale of that golf course is so tremendous and so massive. It it's it is overwhelming even to this day. Supposed for me, when I go out and play there, supposedly Old McDonald has the biggest greens of any 18-hole track in the country. I believe so, or something like that. I, yeah. I, I think they're similar in size you know, in terms of the total acreage of the greens out there. It's in the same ballpark as St. Andrews. Well, what I love is that you can't tell the difference between the greens and the fairway. I love the gradual transition. Totally, it's very old school, very very cool. You don't know where to put your golf bag, which is exciting. <laughs> you know, I love that. <laughs> that aspect of it is good. No, it's a ton of fun, but. You definitely. Oh, my rangefinder crapped out on me after like four holes. Well, that's an ideal time for a rangefinder crap. And out. I, of course, didn't have a backup battery because yeah. I'm not organized. <laughs> so it possibly is the worst course for that to happen on. It's not ideal. No, no, definitely not ideal. But m- meanwhile, I played way better <laughs> after my rangefinder crapped out. I, I definitely had a way better back nine. So dare I ask I what, what the scorecard oh, read at the it, end of the round? It, it, it was horrible. I think on the back, which is the harder nine, and it's higher par, but it's it's like thirty nine hundred yards from the tips, the par thirty seven. Yeah, but I didn't play the was tips. Thirty four, thirty seven is or no? Yeah, thirty seven. No, no, no. It's thirty five, thirty seven. Thirty five, thirty seven. Thirty five, thirty seven. But the thirty five is almost a thousand yards shorter <laughs> than the thirty seven <laughs> from the tips. Did you play so, the tips? No. No, no, no. Now, I, I remember you texted me a little I, bit before yeah, you went there. Got and, a little greedy. Well, because, I, I mean, the thing is, the yardage, I mean, from the tips, it's what, 67, 68? Yeah, I mean, half the holes out there, you're going to be okay from the t- There, There's not a lot of trouble. So if you need to hit three wood or three iron into a lot of greens, if you can hit the ball square... It's not a huge problem. No, because a lot of them have open, you know, fronts of the green. You just need to miss in the right area, which is the the same with any club. Sure. But you're not going to end up hitting it into a lake or hitting it into unplayable or anything like that. When we we were texting before you went up and you you were kind of going back and forth a little bit and you were pondering which tees you should play, I think, I can't remember the exact number that I gave you in a text message, but I said the course, you know, from every tee probably plays three to four hundred yards longer than what the scorecard says do you think that's a little much or do you think it's so i played this course in the middle of january Mm -hmm. i never played golf in such nice conditions in my life it was warm i was taking off (laughs) layers throughout the round there's barely any wind like you were you were hoping it would be windier so your sweat would evaporate like that's the condition i played bandon in in january isn't it so it was wonderful. Oh. Yeah. So I think the ball was going pretty good. Like okay. I, I, I'm in bad golfing shape and shape and bad <laughs> and am bad. <laughs> and for all of those reasons, uh, I was hitting a good drive, probably, you know, 260, 265, which but, is okay. But I mean, you know, from the, if you're playing the green tees, which I think are right around 6,500 yards, that is perfectly acceptable. It was fine. Um, wind. Any, any wind while you're playing out there? No, hardly any. Wow. It's amazing. That is fantastic. Got a Bloody Mary. <laughs> As you should. That was perfect. Yeah. I, I had a Bloody Mary right before I sat down on Pacific, the day before I played Old Mac. Had a nice little double. You know, 20 bucks later, I was feeling good. I'll tell you what. You can get, like, a candy bar for, like, a buck fifty, and if you want a Bloody Mary, you know, be prepared to get a mortgage. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know. I mean, the my cocktails God. abandoned are not cheap. Good Lord. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> hey, you know, this was funny. 
I was at the uh, drink shack get my Bloody Mary. You know those little airplane or a little bit bigger size bottles of booze? Very familiar. You're, of course. You, <laughs> yeah, you know. It's a rhetorical question. <laughs> so one of the boozes that they had was Maker's Mark. Fine drink. You know, everybody's had it. Gets the job done. Tastes nice. The little bottle of that has the fucking wax on it. <laughs> they dip it in yeah. the fucking wax. Of course the they do. The little bottle. It's, you know. It's Maker's Mark, bro. I mean, they can't just not have the wax. It's so stupid. <laughs> it, it, you never saw something so stupid as the little the wax on the little bottle. Like, uh, so so immediately I observed this and I asked the uh, I asked the uh, cashier uh, who was making the drink. I said, so I see that you have Maker's Mark there. Is it really obnoxious to have to try to get the top off that with the wax? The look on her face. It it was like a religious look. She was like, it's the worst. It's horrible. I have to find a knife. And it's, 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 it's detested. You just found the number one topic that that employee bitches about in the employee break room. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, you should see the wax on this thing. It's as thick as the, the neck of the bottle is wide. Uh, struggles. Uh, well, that, that that is awesome. I, I cannot... I cannot tell you enough how excited I am that you're finally able to get up there. And perhaps well, the next, now, the next time I head up, maybe it will be in your company. Hopefully. I'll keep my fingers crossed. The next step is going there with you and JMO and whoever yes. among us. Yes. It would be lovely. Anyway. No, great time. Everybody go to Bandon. You're hearing it here first. Bandon <laughs> Resort is a great destination if you love to play golf. <laughs> Uh, that's perfect. Well, on that note, let's uh transition into another little thing. Uh, I don't know. You said you watched a little bit of golf last weekend, but in case you missed it, uh, John Rahm won the Career Builder Challenge uh, in a six-hole playoff over Andrew Landry at uh, PGA West, the stadium course by Pete Dye down in Palm Desert. And now, fresh off a win, he goes in to defend his title at the Farmers Insurance Open where there's a young but also not young gentleman by the name of Eldrick Woods who will be competing this weekend. Um, just saying his name, uh, you know, I, I am harder than limestone. You know, hard, I, don't, I can't even think of a rock that is, you know, limestone's not actually that hard. That might be one of the softer, yeah. That actually would also kind of explain everything down there as well, so that makes, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> Firm yet soft. Tiger is playing this weekend. John Rahm is defending his title. This is at Torrey Pines where Tiger's, I want, I believe, eight times in his professional career. As the other major Tiger fanboy in this office at this particular moment. Let's, let's get into this, man. I mean, so go, go ahead. You look ready, ready to drop something on me. At the Hero... Where Tiger played. It was the hero, right? Correct. Jesus. Yes. It had to be. The hero world challenge. (laughs) He looked great at that golf tournament. Of course, he was a little bit raggedy, and his chipping kind of still wasn't that good, but his putting looked nice, and his swing looked great. And you can win in, in, you know, the PGA Tour, hitting it as long as Tiger does. He's still one of the longest players on tour. Totally. So... He, there's absolutely no reason he can't be great if he stays healthy. That scandal 
is almost 10 years in the past. Damn. It that that be, is crazy. It might even be more. It's, it's around 10. Because the 2008 U.S. Open, and it happened in 2009. Was it 2008 or, or 9? It was uh, the Thanksgiving. It was 8 or 9. I can't remember. I believe but, it was 2009. Cause I, yeah, I, I think I right. apologize to the listeners if I've asked you this question on this podcast before. Do you remember where you were when you, when you found out about the Tiger Woods scandal? I remember exactly where I was. Okay. It was like people in the uh, 18... 18- 70, excuse me, the 1860s uh, when Lincoln was killed. Well, I was to say, this is, this is it, you know, I, I want to stay politically correct. It was my 9-11, you know? Well, yeah. It, I'll tell you what, though. Like, if Tiger had somehow, God forbid, died in some sort of car accident, that would have been absolutely unbearable. Yeah. It would have been terrible. It would have just been worse. Yeah. I mean, God, perish the thought. Yeah. It was don't, bad enough losing, we will not speak of this again. It was bad enough losing Payne Stewart, and he, know. you know... I have way fewer Payne Stewart, you know, emotional memories yeah, than I correct. do Tiger Woods ones. I mean, come on. Uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, that is crazy. That's almost ten years ago now. Well, so what I was getting at is that it's so long ago that I think he might have genuinely been psyched out by that for a while. Yeah, and it sounds weird to say, and there's no real way to prove it or disprove it. But I would be. Oh, for sure. Like, imagine just being embarrassed like that for the first time, especially when. You become a you, joke. You had never even been remotely, you know, embarrassed in any way. You were literally the opposite. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, a flawless, you know, megastar who was, you know, pro- I don't think it's unfair to say that he was without a doubt the most well-known, popular athlete in the world, not named Michael Jordan. He, he was a golf, that, He was a golfer. Yes. Who was the most powerful and successful athlete in the world? Correct. The only person, you know, that like you could say like Roger Federer and you could say Cristiano Ronaldo and people like that. Maybe they're. I, I guess the soccer guys are the only ones that may be able to claim that they are, in fact, more popular and more known throughout see, the world. You, you but just, you're it's impossible to be a soccer player who's as dominant as a dominant golfer is. Mm-hmm. And then Tiger Dumb. Woods is just so fucking fun. Anyway. Bottom line, I think he's probably mentally healthy again. And he seems to be comfortable, and he doesn't seem to be clutching his back every time he swings. That's a big step in the right direction. And and maybe the working out is is less crazy, and the firing of the swing coach, and now he doesn't have a swing coach. That is a very good sign. It's ballsy. I in fact, we will get into it. There was an article posted on uh, golf dot com, which is pretty good. It was a fun little game that uh, before we we departed today, I wanted to play with you. But essentially, it's. Uh, <laughs> It's this test where it said, uh, unsure if you still believe in Tiger Woods? Answer these 11 simple questions to find out. I'll tell you what. I'll sooner abandon the Democratic Party. (laughs) I'm on the verge of doing it now. (laughs) They're so obnoxious and horrible. uh, Than Tiger Woods. I'll believe in Tiger Woods until the guy's dead. 100%. I mean, Tom Watson should have and almost won the British Open when he was 60. Yeah. Why couldn't Tiger Woods win a major when he's 60? I mean, the guy's basically like Darth Vader at this point. He's like a robot who's been cobbled, <laughs> cobbled together in the lab. But if you if you discount that completely, you know, come on. Why not Why not him? Oh, that is fantastic. Well, um, But I mean, I'm excited to watch him this weekend. It'll be great. Oh, dude, it's going to be so great. I think he's, um, I believe he is paired with Patrick Reed Ooh. for the first two rounds of... Uh, 
of this golf tournament. I, know, which I, be... I love how Patrick Reed wears the red and black on the weekend. He should just wear it on Thursday <laughs> for this if he's playing with Tiger. He just it'd be funny. What that that does a little antidote here. I did notice, and I I can't remember which news outlet I saw this on, but all three winners from this past weekend, uh, John Rahm in La Quinta, Tommy Fleetwood in uh, Abu Dhabi, and Sergio Garcia in Singapore. All three of them won on Sunday, and there was a uh, a comparison of all three of them holding their trophies up, all in Sunday red. There you go. <laughs> It's the man sign. started a revolution. People don't know how to win without the Tiger method. It's a sign. Tiger's going to be good this year. Uh, Boy, I, that, that would rescue this year right out of the shitter, wouldn't it? Well, Tiger has a good year. I, I, I think I saw another, again, it was probably a tweet or something like that that I saw today, but someone's like, you need to know nothing more uh, about Tiger being back that this is the first tournament all year with wall-to-wall coverage of Tuesday morning range sessions. <laughs> oh, yeah. And every golf fan is watching Tiger Woods hit balls at the range, and they are gacking out, myself included. Well, you know what's funny is that the, the Tiger Woods renaissance comeback theme, even that is running a little bit cold, even though it hasn't happened yet, except for that you know, he had the good 20-whatever-it-was where he won Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he was number one but, in the world for a pretty good amount of time after his incident. Yeah, know, he won the players. Incident. Yeah. yeah, and he won the players, mm-hmm. and he, he played real well. But Choked at the Masters, had, had a good opportunity to win at Augusta. But, but I think you can't, like, even though the Tiger Woods comeback story, the, the older he gets, if it happens, in a sense, the bigger it would be from a, an unbelievability standpoint. Sure. But... I feel like people were really watching for that for the longest time, and now people kind of don't do that as much. I think it's more like people are waiting for it to happen instead of watching the whole time. So maybe some of the drama or some of the the public awareness has gone out of it. I think there's some trepidation. I think people are worried they're going to get burned again because, like us, they've just invested so much emotionally in wanting Tiger to get back and be dominant and win, that it, it enough time has gone by and there's been enough attempts by him to get back in the swing of things unsuccessfully that I think people are just a little hesitant to throw all of their emotions back in the pot and, well, you and, know, and you know, I, open I hate, themselves to, to harm again. I hate to toy with everyone's emotions, but I'm fantasizing as we speak <laughs> about... We've never gotten, actually, I mean, we have for the, here and there, but we've never gotten to watch uh, Tiger Woods, who could contend or did contend in the majors, who was healthy, who was also this vulnerable Tiger, uh, who's a kind of comeback kid that you're rooting for. Mm-hmm. It's going to be so much fun if we get to do that. Oh because it was great to root for Tiger when he was dominant. I mean, we all love that. But... To root for Tiger and not be like scared while you do it, while he's like an old guy, that'll be fun as hell. That'd be so much fun. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So I mean, we're we're almost there. It'll be wonderful. Yeah. Last time I checked, he's at twenty-two to one to win this weekend. I mean, come on, <laughs> it's a good field. It's got John Rahm in it. It's like a pretty it's, good world it's ranking. An field, excellent right? field. Yeah, an excellent field. Come on. All right. As is Dustin as, Johnson playing? I actually don't know. Mm. I can't say with any level of certainty. Um, all right. Before we jump into it, I want to play this. Uh, I want to give you this this test. I have a good feeling based on everything you've just said in the last couple minutes that I know what your answer is going to be. 
However, I've got 11 questions for you. Uh, regarding is this the borderline personality disorder test? Yeah, somewhat. Yeah, yeah. okay. Okay. Uh, it's been nine months since Tiger's back fusion surgery. You believe. <laughs> all right. There's three three options. You just give me what answer you th- best fits your, you know, h- how you feel. So it's been nine months. You believe, A, it worked. Dude is bending like Gumby at the Hero World Challenge without a stitch of pain. B, it's too early to tell. Or C, come on. He's 42 years old, trapped in the body of an 82-year-old. I, I, I don't have a lot of faith. It's too early to tell. Okay. I like that. Perfect. Question number two. And by the way, this is an article on golf.com. It appears that it is written by one Josh Sen. So shout out to Josh. Thanks for putting this together for us. Number two. At the Hero World Challenge, Tiger Short Game was under scrutiny, with the occasional chunky chip rearing its ugly head. You saw A, the same wizard as ever, B, a player contending with grabby Bermuda grass, or C, a guy that might not have it. You might be a yips afflicted graybeard. <laughs> All right. That was, that was very good. Uh, Josh, once again, very very nice. <laughs> fuck. I know. It's I'm, tough. It's tough because uh, fuck. the Bermuda grass thing is, is very real. It is very real. Very real. I'm gonna st- I'm gonna be a bad guy, and I'm gonna say C. Okay. Okay. Because he was chipping bad on bent grass too. Some of that stuff did not look great in the past. I'm sure he'll recover, but that's now. okay. All right, number three. At Torrey Pines this week, where Woods has won eight times as a pro, you predict a yet another Tiger victory. This one even more heroic than his U.S. Open win on a broken leg. B, a solid top 10 finish and an important stepping stone in his return to form. Or C, fairways missed by yards, putts missed by inches, and a cut missed by a mile. <laughs> there need to be more choices than that. It's, he's it's only either top he's 10 or he misses the cut. <laughs> Is that the choice? I, I, will, I will give you the Sorry, option Josh. of putting something in between those two. In between those two. Okay. I mean, I think he'll miss the cut probably, and I think he'll miss it narrowly. Okay. And he'll hit a lot of good shots. All right. That's fair. Number four. In your view, Tiger's decision to ditch Chris Como and go without a swing coach represents A, a wise choice by the greatest natural talent of all time. That's awesome. B, a surprising move, but a smarter one than sticking with Como. Or C, the benignant arrogance of a has-been whose only hope <laughs> is to go back to Butch, which will never, ever happen. <laughs> These are really well written. These are very, these are very well written. <laughs> A. Totally. <laughs> I'm right there with you on that one. All right, number five. The way you see it, Tiger's early 2018 schedule, three weeks after Tory, he'll play the Genesis Open at Riviera, is A. Genius. These are exactly the tournaments he should be playing to work his way back to his rightful place atop the game. B, not overly ambitious, but sensible enough for a guy just starting on the comeback trail. Or C, too light and or too predictable, yet more evidence of how little trust he has in his health and his game. Who cares about that question? B. (laughs) Fair enough. Come on. Number six, the latest iteration of Tiger Swing is A, powerful. Fluid, beautiful, efficient. <laughs> B, a work in progress, but a promising one. Or C, 
a feeble face mitt with peak tiger doomed to generate a two-way miss hey the new swing looks great i don't like that c one right there that it's, does that doesn't make me feel it, it good. doesn't feel natural either he, he just crowbarred it in there yeah. nobody thinks this new no. swing is bad if you do you're an idiot <laughs> come on all right number seven in tiger's body language you perceive a a leaner meaner player moving with cat-like grace and cocksure swagger b a reasonably healthy middle-aged man with a few bumps and bruises but ready access to world-class trainers and a well-equipped home gym or c the world's most oldest 42 year old <laughs> stepping gingerly so as not to tweak his knee or throw out his back <laughs> all right you know what? I'm going to say A. Bod- could body go, language looks good. I agree. It could go at any minute, but the body language is very strong. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's like, I give it an A. but He, he is honestly gliding and moving gracefully. I, at this moment, he is. 100%. Uh, okay. Number eight. Looking ahead to Tiger's 2018 season, you predict nice. A, multiple wins. Yikes. Including a major. Oh, boy. B, enough strong showings. To give his fans continued hope. C, a dizzying downward spiral, <laughs> culminating in yet another trip to the operating room. <laughs> By the way, Josh Sands, you were killing it, brother. That, is, that <laughs> is funny. This is fantastic. I like that. Uh, I'm going to say B. B? Okay. Yeah, it can't be A. He's no. not winning a major. No, I don't. Th- I, I mean, I, I wish there was something in between. Like, I think it is possible. However, I would say it's unlikely, but it's possible I think Tiger gets A win. I think so. It could happen, but I do very much doubt it. Yeah, yeah, likewise. Um, number nine, when Tiger speaks at a press conference, you hear, A, a calm, confident superstar ready to resume his ass-whooping ways. It's not A. B, a sober realist, humbled by setbacks, but mature in his outlook, happy just to be competing again. Doesn't sound right either. C, the sorry platitudes of a rundown veteran who knows he has no chance of keeping up with the young guns. It's, it's kind of safe. <laughs> I mean, it's a little, I wouldn't put it that harshly, but it's a little bit of that. Uh, all right. Number 10. In your opinion, Tiger's 2017 DUI and return to rehab, yeah. A, stoked his competitive fire and fueled his resolve to prove the doubters wrong. B, got him to address a problem and hey, can't beat that or it can't be that bad or c another big blow to his already battered psyche and self-esteem that's b good okay b final question mr casey number 11 many years from now we will look back at this phase of tiger's career as the time when he a broke jack's record for most career wins most major wins b eased into a role as a respected elder statesman and ceremonial golfer. Or C, finally calls it quits, riding his easy-go cart into Jupiter Island sunset. B. Come on. (laughs) All right. Now, what I didn't say before this is that each one of these answers had a point total associated with it, and and, and now it has a uh, a rubric. We all know. So it looks like your total score, oh boy. let's see here, 9, 19, 24, high. 34, 44, 49, 59. That sounds pretty high. <laughs> so that would put you in the range of 50 to 69, which would make you a tiger agonist. 
You're still reviewing <laughs> the evidence. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, I, What's I the highest score? Uh, somebody could have theoretically gotten 110 points if they had answered oh. A to every single question. Wow. And that would be, you have unshakable faith. You, know, you have the unshakable faith of an evangelist. And the tiger altar in your home seems fitting. Okay. What about a zero? A zero. Jeez. What did tiger ever fucking do to you? That's right. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. And if you scored 10 to 29, it was, if he wins the Masters, you might reconsider. You know, so... I don't know. I, I thought that was a fun, uh, a fun little article there. That uh, it was well written, very yeah. clever. It was very, very good. So, all that being said, a- any uh, other thoughts going into this weekend at Torrey Pines, Tiger Woods making his first uh, start with a full field on the PGA Tour since last year's Farmer Insurance Open when he did not look good, yeah. re-injured himself, and disappeared from golf. Yeah, I remember once that again golf cart trip. It was depressing. Oof. I'm going to watch every minute I can of this mm-hmm. tournament. I watch all golf tournaments with good fields in it. Yes. But Tiger Woods tournaments, they are different. They're different for me. Absolutely. I need to see it happen. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm captivated. I care about every shot. I'm so excited. <sighs> you know, it's so good. This podcast is an important balancing podcast, a balancing opinion of two really, really educated, smart people. Thank you. About how great and exciting it is to watch Tiger. It seems like everywhere you look, everybody's trying to be like, oh, we pay too much attention to Tiger. They're all wrong. You don't. You don't pay too much attention to him. <laughs> it's not possible. Right. <laughs> and so it's it's not wrong to love what's popular all the time. Agreed. So... Your prediction for this weekend, it sounds like you Tiger's think he'll be competitive prob- but miss the cut? Yeah, he'll miss the cut. He'll shoot like 71, 74, something like that, miss if, the cut. If I gave you Tiger Woods to make the cut at plus 250. Oh, easy. I'll okay. definitely take it at plus okay. 250. Okay. Yeah. At plus 150. I might take it at plus 152. It'd be a close call. I feel like at that point, it, was, it, would, simply, it would simply be me just you know having one more reason to root for Tiger Woods. You know, <laughs> I should gamble on Tiger. It's been a year since I got cleaned out in Reno. I should gamble again. Let's gamble this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Let's gamble this weekend. After we turn this podcast off, we will, uh, lay, you know, arrange uh, some some wagers. Are you excited for the put pa- down and Patriots to win the Super Bowl again? Ooh, um, you know what? I just think you know this is finally going to be the year that the Patriots get the respect they deserve. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, re- I really think it's finally time that the world acknowledges that Bill Belichick might be somewhat talented at his, you know, and might be good at his job, and Tom Brady. You know, I mean, the guy's just never gotten any credit. He's never gotten any notoriety. And it's just going to be nice to see him finally on the world's biggest stage, you know, with a chance to prove his, you know, prove himself. Young upstarts. Agreed. All yeah. right. Yeah, that Super Bowl is going to be weak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I Honestly, it takes a lot to get to the root for the Eagles. If I had a choice between watching the Super Bowl or watching Thursday at the Farmers Insurance Open. Yeah. With Tiger in the field, that's a no-brainer for me. I kind of want to watch the Super Bowl, too. I want to see if the Patriots lose. They won't. They're going to win. No. I, I mean, I, I feel like there, there's no way I could possibly say, you know, that the Patriots will absolutely win. I'm not, you know, I've seen too many teams that I thought were going to win get their asses kicked, most recently as the Vikings on Sunday. Ooh. Um, but, yeah, it just, I, the Eagles' chances have got to be just so, so minimal. It's going to be bad. They could win, but I just don't. This doesn't seem very likely. It's going to be bad for them. Yeah. Anyway, on, on that, that note, 
on that note. Is, is there any other uh, thoughts that you have uh, regarding Tory Pines and, I have and no, Tiger this weekend? I have no thoughts. All right. On the last little closing note, this will be the last thing uh, I ask you before we go. Uh, this is the third straight week on this podcast that we have addressed this topic. But seeing how as I've not had a chance to talk with you about it, real briefly, uh, give me some of your thoughts on how great Etna Springs was since it closed this past uh, this past weekend. Uh, or I guess it would be a week and a half you, ago now. You, you're the one who broke the news to me. Ooh. You always knew it could happen. It's like having a sick relative. <laughs> Yeah, and you'd know that it could happen, and then when it does, it's still really depressing. Yeah, I don't know. That course had kind of an outsized place in my heart. Totally. I always sort of fantasized about living out there and having you know access to that course, but no, you know, it was always more of a a pipe dream than anything else, of course. But yeah, it was fun to play. I hope that it gets revived as a golf course. You know, if, it can be off the the charts for a few years it's like a it's like an old girlfriend you know she's still alive <laughs> hopefully right so you know maybe you guys will patch it up and you'll find yourselves back together but if she dies you know it's very depressing yes and so <laughs> once i find out that the course won't be a golf course again that's when it really really yeah, starts that set would, in. yeah but at least it's going in phases but Etna Springs, wonderful golf course, tons of fun. Had a good feel to it, very spiritual feel. And uh, I think that's what people all kind of un understood for some reason, and uh, that's the hardest part. Yeah. I thought one thing, one number, I mean, I always knew that they didn't get a lot of play out there, which obviously is the main reason that that's it wasn't stay in business. Yeah. Um, but when I actually saw the numbers of their annual rounds played, and when you broke it down into how many rounds per day, on average, they were getting out there, do you care to venture a guess? How do you know this number? Uh, I, I read a couple articles and talked to uh, some of the management staff up there. I, you had to guess, on average, per how, day? Many, per day, how many rounds per day was Aetna doing? Hmm. What, like six? I mean... It's better than that. It's better than that, but not much better. 14 rounds of golf a day yeah. on average, yeah. which I'm sure was more on the weekends and far, far fewer than that on the weekdays. Yeah. Well, that explains it. I mean, I, I think 14,000 rounds of golf a year or something around that, you know, where most course, even the most private of private golf courses are getting, you know, 30,000 rounds a year. Yeah. Not going to work. No, no, not going to work. Well, we, it was nice while it lasted. We got, we'll keep our fingers crossed that it comes back. One yeah. Day. All of you, you know, Get out to that golf course you've been meaning to play. Please. You just never know you how never long it's going to be there. They're going under some of them. Mm -hmm. Get out there. Get out there. On that note, Case, anything else? Carpe diem, Kyle. Word. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody. And that is a wrap. Thank you very much, as always, for listening, everybody. Um, before I go, I just have to... Uh, employ all of you to uh, show some love for the podcast if you enjoy what we do you can support this podcast in you know a, a number of different ways but the best ways to do it is first and foremost go to golfguide.net and treat yourself to some golf we've got uh, discounted greens fees at 37 different golf courses around northern california as well as a few in southern california 
and then a, uh, a couple in Nevada and Oregon as well. So visit golfguide.net and use the promo code GGPODCAST and save 10% off all orders of $50 or more. Again, that's golfguide.net, promo code GGPODCAST. And the other ways you can support this podcast, we don't want your money. All we want is your love. So go to iTunes, leave us a review, tell us what you think, and uh, the ultimate form of flattery, at least in the podcast world, is recommendations. So if you have a friend who likes golf and is interested in what's going on, not only in the West Coast golf scene, but just about golf in general, um, you would be doing me a massive solid uh, if you could just recommend this podcast to a golf-loving friend. That's pretty much it. If you can do any number or all of those things, that qualifies you as a super kick-ass guest. All right, so that puts a wrap again on this episode. I hope all of you guys enjoyed it. And uh, until next week, mahalo. Mahalo.